Ukrainian music has, like all folk music, it has its own magical powers that when you are when you grow up with it, you hear a certain chord change into another and you get goosebumps or you start you start crying or or something. Like there's just this thing that happens with the sound of that melody or whatever it evokes. Our moms have a mutual cousin, Carol. Our babas have a mutual friend, Pearl. And we have a mutual love, Ukrainian dance and culture. I'm Hannah. I'm Caitlin. And this is Si, the Ukrainian dance and culture podcast. Wait a minute. What did I just hear? That's not a usual start. Well, that's because that was Rada. And that's one of the songs from their new EP release called The Old Ways. That was the song Wedding. And we are starting off this episode featuring them because we interviewed one of the members from the band, Zrada. Uh, yeah, we had the chance to interview Andriy Michalchishin, who is one of the members of the band. And he chatted with us about not only their new EP release, but um, just about the band in general, what they've been up to over the past many many years uh the ebbs and flows of the band and also spoke a lot about just like the creative process and what you consider when you're incorporating ukrainian elements such as tradition and how that can look in a modern way yes because they are well saying just they are a ukrainian band is a i don't know if that I don't know if that's the right title for it anyone because there's the right so picture, much that, I think. that goes so much in. Yeah, that's such a broad thing. But they uh, are definitely in, inspired by Ukrainian music. They uh, sing in Ukrainian, feature Ukrainian instruments. You'll hear some um, f- familiar melodies or even the style that songs are written in. You'll uh, recognize, a, say, like traditional folk songs, but really done in this Uh, modern, lots of times, rock and roll way. We will let the rest of the interview speak for itself. So here's our chat with Andri. All right. Well, congrats on the new EP. We had a chance to already listen to it and we loved it. I especially loved all the folk elements, but you're still really staying true to that Zrada sound. And when I had it in my headphones, obviously it was great, but I could not stop thinking about it being played live and that energy that runs through the room and through the band and the collective jumping that happens. Yeah, that's what I'm excited for. <laughs> we have one member from Zrada. Tell us who you are. Hey, um, my name is Andriy Michael, Michael Cheshen, Andriy Michael Cheshen, for anyone of Ukrainian persuasion listening. And uh, I, I'm in the band, uh, I play the trumpet, I play just a, just a wee bit of guitar these days, and I do some of the vocals. So that's that's my role in the band, and I guess I, I write a lot of the, the lyrics as well, so that's what I'm doing. Before we get into more about the newest release, can you tell us uh, what Zrada's origin story is? How did you guys come to be a become a band it's been a while now we we realistically looking back around 2006 2005 2006 there was a few of there's a few people uh, together and you know in a in a wedding sort of a, a polka zababa band called taran and um there's myself and, and, and dobrian trach and uh we just kind of wanted to do something different i suppose we were inspired by bands like Haidemake and 
and you know okay and that is it and the Mecca stuff like that and so we're like we just I don't know we were naive we were in our 20s and we thought well this will be this will be this will make sense right people want to see this and so uh another and also in the band Tras Pabiak and so we approached another friend of ours Mikhas Kapluk and just we didn't really know what we were doing to be honest with you 2000 2006 we we sort of practiced in a basement wrote some really weird songs uh played basements played at the graffiti gallery i think was probably our official first show and it's just we've been sort of doing it ever since figuring out as we go but i think the main ethos of the band the mission statement was always to i think subvert um not Ukrainian folk music, but I think we were in the early days going very much about going against the the polka zabava stuff, you know, which I look back at in a, with a little bit of regret. But I think that was our our mo was we got to do something to make people who are not Ukrainian want to listen to Ukrainian music. So we need to do something to kind of incorporate many different styles that we all like, and just get it out there, you know, to to people of all of all you know, cultural backgrounds. And that's, that's, that was our MO. And I think we've succeeded at that a little bit. And that's kind of what we've been doing for, tw- for almost 20 years now, I guess. I do think you've succeeded at that. Uh, we've seen you, yeah, we've seen you a couple times live and it's definitely not your regular polka band. So, um, and always enjoyable. Is there any inspiration behind the band's name Zrada? Uh, I think we were just sitting around thinking of what word would sound cool <laughs> in Ukrainian? <laughs> there might have even been some dictionaries involved. And the Zrada thing is interesting. If I could go back and do it again, you know, there's always that temptation to say, no, I would never do anything differently. But I don't think we we didn't we did not realize the negative, the really negative connotations that the word Zrada has in in, in Ukraine and uh, amongst um like actually people of different Eastern European countries. Like if you Google Zrada, all these bizarre things come up that are not, that obviously are not the band, but that's a really strong word in Ukraine. And I think the first time that we'd met, or like we were playing with other musicians from Ukraine, like we, we played with Haidemaka at a couple of festivals together back in the day. And they were confused. They they kept asking, like, why, why would you call your band this? Like, this is so, uh, so like bad and, and negative. And we just, we always rationalize it by saying like, well, you know, it's a, we're committing Zrada against, you know, cheesy folk, cheesy Canadian folk music. And this is our long winded explanation, but that's the origin. We picked the word. I don't think we realized the full ramifications of the word, but you know, we, we own it now. And it, it sounds to me, it doesn't sound so bad, but, uh, and I, I think it's good in that it's easy to, to, to write in English. It is mm-hmm. not that hard. To, it's not that hard to say. I don't think. I think that's always the tricky part when you're choosing a Ukrainian word. Like, that's a big thing, uh, making sure that non-Ukrainians can say it. Yeah, a couple of, couple of friends have said, uh, like, Zrada in Ukrainian, it looks like, in, in, if you're reading it, it looks like th- three pada. I was like, oh, I love three pada. <laughs> <laughs> so, good old three pada, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You had said that part of the reason, um, like you wanted to introduce Ukrainian music and culture to a wider audience. And so you have this more modern sound. But how do you find this balance of not straying too far? Because you do like you're doing this to introduce people to Ukrainian music, but you are also making your own way with it. How do you balance all of that? And what's your approach? 
I don't think you can think about it. I mean, the one thing that has remained consistent is that everything we sing is in Ukrainian, except, or I should say, we're going to sing one song 50-50 in French at Festival with a special guest, but um, it's always in Ukrainian. So I think that was always the, the you know, the at the at base, at the base level, the poetry that I wrote or the song lyrics that, that were written had to be in Ukrainian. They had to evoke a folk traditional sort of feeling. And so the stuff that I write, I always try to make it sound like a, like a Narodna Pisnia, like a folk song. Like if you were to sing it with a guitar, you know, could this pass as a song if you stripped everything away from it? So I think if you get that root melody and feeling, you can really add anything you want to it. And maybe that's it. Maybe as long as there's that kernel deep down, you can really layer stuff on top of it. Because as you both know, Ukrainian music has, like all folk music, it has its own magical powers that when you are when you grow up with it, you hear a certain chord change into another and you get goosebumps or you start you just start crying or or something. Like there's just this thing that happens with the sound of that melody or whatever it evokes. So as long as there's that, I really think you can go pretty far. Um, I've never consciously thought about the balance. I just think, you know, we get a get a bunch of creative people in a room, and something good's gonna happen. I think it's really true what you said um, about finding that melody or that tune that you can put, like strip away everything and play it, and it sounds like Narodni Pisni. Because when I do, yeah, when I do listen to your music, I often think I'm like, hey, this sounds so familiar. Like I feel like I know this song, but it's something new. But it still gives that feeling. That's very nice to hear. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I've, I've had a few times people ask me if this was, you know, where'd you find that song? I said, well, we actually, we wrote it. And people were very surprised. So that, that was, that's always the ultimate compliment that I think we, we all really enjoy in the band. Uh, so we're going to talk about a little bit now about your newest release, Old Ways. Um, how is it different from your past releases? Yeah, it's sort of the culmination of, well, it's been t- taken over a year to finish it. The old ways, I guess, because we're all older, I suppose. No, but uh, we had we had two members, two of our members, uh, Adam Sirik, Alex Derlego, lead guitar, bass guitar. They had played with us. Well, Alex for quite some time, Adam for about three or four years. Uh, they moved on to a different project last last year, actually, I think in about 2022. So we played our final show with them at the West End Cultural Center in November I guess it's 2022, if I, if I do the math, I, I don't remember really. And uh, they still wanted to, and we still wanted to record. We had we had this two or three songs that we'd been playing. We'd never, we'd never properly recorded them. Like we played them at Folk Fest and things like that, but we had no good recordings of them. And to get them down for, for the record, I was like, let's do this thing. And, and they were gracious and wanted to contribute some some stuff, even though they had moved on. It's it's different. Yeah, it, it is different. I listened to it. Like it is probably the hard, like the hardest sounding stuff that I think we've ever done. I mean, it's bloody fast. I and mean, even, even when I listen to it and I'm trying to practice to it at home or when we're practicing, we're all kind of looking at each other going like, Oh man, <laughs> these are like this, this is fast. Like what, what were we thinking? So it's certainly very fast and I'd say aggressive, but I think it still, it still has that um, like the two songs. Anyway, the, there's this one, the green oak for sure. It still has the kernel of the, the folk melody in there. It's we've definitely when I listen to it, we've gone into prog rock. We, we're old men now, and we're deciding that we want to just become prog rock musicians. And there's some pretty trippy stuff in there, which I like. And uh, hey, if that's the way the band is going, then that's the way the band is going. I think we've moved away from sort of the polka punk stuff to more experimental styles. So I think that is 
that is a little bit different perhaps um yeah this is it's heavy you know it's i think it's pretty pretty beefy sounding so like i think for me that's what makes it different on the first track uh, which i guess is not quite as beefy sounding but what is that a a, a recording that was already existing or is that did you oh yes that the, the synth the synth track you're talking about mm-hmm. yeah so that's uh some recording that we found of Verbovaya uh, Doshishka and it's kind of looped backwards and we added all these synthesizers into it. That's more of a, a live thing we did at the West End and it just sounded really great. So we wanted to just, let's let's do a version of that. Um, and then that leads nicely, we thought, into the next song, Wedding, uh, which I'm just going to plug plug it. Um, Brian Chedovic from the Kubasonics plays the Timbala on that track. He was a real cool dude and 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 it did that part for us which is which is make I think really makes that song awesome so mm-hmm. how did that collab come to be well I'll say it now I don't think there ever would be a Zerada without the Kubasonics I mean Brian for me is a he's like a bit of a personal hero of mine I think I remember being 15 or 16 or 14 or whatever it was and my parents taking me to the West End Cultural Center to see this band the Kubasonics you know <laughs> you know they came out in the butcher butcher coats and did this w- weird music and brian brought out his duda and cymbala and like 42 other instruments out of his back pocket and i just remember going like what is happening right now this is this this guy's this guy's insane but amazing and and all in the best way and i think that uh we've just been kind of we've just kind of kept in touch over the years and he's been really supportive of everything that we've done i've gone to him for advice about ordering musical instruments and just about song stuff you know he's a, he's got a phd in in this stuff and uh literally and uh yeah i just we were doing this and there was a part that needed something and we were all discussing like we gotta have some like symbolic in there but who do we know who do we know and i thought you know what i'm just gonna email brian and see what he says and he did so he sent it to us from newfoundland where he is the king of newfoundland these days and uh mm-hmm. i think it worked out really nicely so there's a lot of folklore and symbolism in the songs, especially on this album. Um, d- where did you learn all this folklore and the traditions that appear in your music? Well, we're, I would say we're not really dogmatic about it. You know, the the, the second song, Night, Nightingale, there's all these references to, you know, things around Ivana Kupala. And, uh, you know, that's something that I grew up doing you know as part of blast anyway but we made the wreaths we made Ivan the Marin, and we jumped over fires this kind of gets in your it just gets in your blood you know it's just it's in the air and you want to get that back get that back out there and so there's a lot of that imagery a lot of the wordplay a lot of sort of the mischievous nature of these pagan rituals i think we put plunked back into that song and actually at the end of that tune if you're listening there is uh this talking and that is um, it's, it's a it's rec- it's recorded audio of the last what they call Moifar, the last sort of mountain wizard in the Karpate, this guy Mikhail in the Chai, and so we we put a little bit of audio of him talking about what kind of how he used to do his magic rituals. So we put that in there too. I mean, I don't know if there's a coherent uh, if you if you want to use it as an instruction manual to be a magic wizard or a Ukrainian folklore. I don't know if it's there, but I think we've we're just like we threw a lot of stuff at the board with that song that that stuck. Um, and then, honestly, I think the rest of it just filters down from just growing up with folk music. All of us in the band, we know different parts of it, and it just kind of—I think it happens organically. You just there's no rules to to folklore. I think you just you kind of pick it up as 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 you go. I would say some people might disagree with me, but that's that's how we approach it. It's kind of a nice approach, though, because sometimes it there is this feeling in the Ukrainian 
um, maybe community or even other cultural communities that you need to be an expert only by only through studying it or only through academics. But I think that's like really special about the arts and all of us doing our own thing with it is that you can um, learn about it in different ways and then apply it how you want. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it because folklore is it's sacred. It's what separates your people, perhaps from another people, especially in a time of war. You know, what, what makes Ukrainians Ukrainian? So do we have to cling to every little thing super dogmatically? And, I, you know, for some things, I think, yes, we shouldn't should mix them up but i think you're right in the arts you're you're allowed to do that because it thrusts it into the modern world and, and it makes you think about things in an experimental way i mean when these traditions are being developed no one was following a rule book they just they developed organically and you know all this mysterious stuff that happened it happened in a mysterious way and so i think the arts can always contribute to make more mystery which i think is is what it's all about mm-hmm um, Zrada has survived and thrived for some years now. Uh, and why, so why is celebrating Ukrainian culture through music important to you? And like, how do you stay motivated? Like, this is not your full-time job, not your, not the full-time job of any band member. Like, why, how do you keep coming back? Why do you keep doing it? It's a great question that I don't really have a satisfactory answer for, even for myself, <laughs> because I ask this question to myself all the time. I mean, I think... I think we almost called it quits last year. The, the band has ebbed and flowed. I mean, there's been times where people have left and we sought new members or just interest wasn't there. And, and uh, but I, you know, if I had to look at it from the outside, there's, there's clearly something in all of us, the seven of us now, uh, and three of them are uh, Franco Manito band actually now. So there's four Ukrainians and uh, three Francophones in the band, which is great. But uh, there's something in every one of us that there's a need. I don't know. It's like breathing. You just when you I think when you grow up steeped in something, some people don't have that need, but a lot of us perhaps you, you want to do something to celebrate it, whether it is music, having a podcast, arts, just being involved with a with a craft, connecting to a part of yourself. I think maybe it's very inward inward looking, but when you want to want there's this urge to create. And for me, for my I, can only speak personally i don't know about everyone else but for me the ukrainian part of my identity has been very complicated but very special and i celebrate it through through music and it makes me think about my ancestors and it makes me think about what what that means and the journeys that were taken to to make me where i am now in this country and also where where i come from and i think that's why i do it to remind myself of that and if it inspires other people, then that is a double bonus, you know. And if just people are listening to it and thinking about, hey, what was happening in, in the forests of Ukraine 800 years ago? Hey, man, I'm a happy boy if that's what you're thinking about. Actually, now that you mentioned about just inspiring people, I will tell you how you ins have inspired me. Because so um, I got your album, your first album, right when it came out. My, go my godmother gifted it to me. And... Um, and at the time, I've been a Ukrainian dancer for 25 years. Then I was like a teenager at that time when I got your album. And yeah, like dance, Ukrainian dance wasn't necessarily very cool. Like I loved it, whatever. It didn't, but it wasn't that cool. But then I get this album and I see like 
these a bunch of these cool guys like playing and celebrating Ukrainian culture and it really was the first time for me that I thought like oh my gosh celebrating your culture can be cool so I learned about you guys had your album and then one year my dance group did a dance to one of your songs and and like a big part of why I've stayed connected or why I love Ukrainian dance is the music and what was the first like sort of more modern Ukrainian band you guys so thank you because you actually have like inspired my life and I don't even know if I would still be dancing or as interested in like modern day while connecting with the old Ukrainian culture if it weren't for you so thank you well that is very that warms my heart like I really am I'm, I'm, I'm grinning over here that's really so nice to hear thank you I mean thank you for for taking that and 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 and, and you know moving it forward I think I talk about like guys like Brian inspiring me and then if that can filter down then that's really a wonderful thing and I feel like Caitlin's story is probably not the only one like that because I I think you guys were the first not polka not traditional band I knew of like Ukrainian and you like Zrada and Hide the Market, but I found out of Hide the Market because of Zrada. We look up to you guys because uh, we wouldn't have been exposed to that music as soon and found so many other opportunities and just other inspirations because of you. It's very special to hear. I was having a conversation this week with Brian. Actually, we were just chatting because I, I had played him the songs. And the whole, you know, the whole issue of Ukrainian music of diaspora, like Ukrainian music outside of Ukraine, because the stuff coming from Ukraine has always been amazing. And I remember the first time I heard that Haida Maka album, Bohoslav, and it, like my world changed. And um, there's always been amazing stuff in Ukraine. And in, and it, growing up in diaspora, it's it's an interesting question. Like, what has happened to the music outside of the mother country? And we were discussing, like, there's very few bands, and I'm not saying this in a negative way or, or, or anything, but very few bands, I think, or very few musicians have taken risks. Like the wedding band, the Zabava thing, I don't wanna I don't wanna say negative things about it because it has its place. It's a it's it serves a purpose. It has served the diaspora really well and it served our community. But I'm always intrigued that more that there aren't other people out there that have wanted wanted to take their roots. And do some craziness with it, you know. But I mean, it can't. It, it can't be. You can't follow in somebody's footsteps necessarily. You, you've got to. You've got to do your own thing. The the Zababa, great. And I and I used to be really negative about it, and I regret that. I probably said some things I shouldn't because it 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 has. I think it sustained music music in Ramada so much, and it has really it has really given so many opportunities to so many people. I just I just hope going forward, whether it's through through the war or through um, just more of a consciousness of of culture. I hope that people start just taking a few more risks out there. You know, whether it's just in a in a, in a song or two, or, or doing something that they don't feel that well. I'm not sure if the Ukrainians are going to like this sort of thing, or the community is going to be okay with this. You know, Brian and I were chatting about it. Where and you had said it before. Where some, sometimes I think the communities themselves can become gatekeepers on what is what is and what is not acceptable. And man, if you if we ever do another interview, I should read you all the emails that I've received over the years of what are you guys doing? This is disgraceful. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I mean, but we laughed, we laughed, and we thought it was great that 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 people were doing that, and we weren't offended by it. We kind of were inspired by that, but I think it would deflate other people, and perhaps 
that's maybe why risks aren't being taken. So thank you. Thank you for celebrating us. I really, we really appreciate that, but also for celebrating everyone out there doing things in the, in the community. That's really an amazing thing that you're doing. Just this, this whole chat is like, it feels like it's coming full circle. Cause you mentioned when you guys first started the band, it felt like naive and you felt like you're like, we're just doing this cause you want to do it. But now all of this, like, realizations that have happened because of what you're doing it was a blessing it was it was a great thing that you were naive because you probably wouldn't have taken the same risks if you were fully aware <laughs> right I think, and, yeah no it's 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 can you both be honest can you really be fully aware when you're 20 or 22 <laughs> <laughs> no i mean I, I don't know i don't think so but yeah no i think you're i think you're right though um you know and i along the way there's been some really amazing people that have given me advice and mentored me myself in the band, like Alexis Kokan and, and, and like Brian, and just just some really spe- special people out there that are that are, that are risk takers that I think showed showed us a way and and made some opportunities for us. But the whole other side of the music in the Harmada is awesome too, and I love listening to that to that kind of stuff. And I certainly don't want anyone listening to think that we think ill of it. We we do not. We I was part of it, you know. But uh, yeah, like just people should take more risks and really try to express what's what's inside them and whatever way that comes out that's that's okay i think i just want to ask about this um album artwork for the old ways because it is so stunning like um it's such this artist has such like a distinctive look i've seen a little bit of her work just i think on social media i know she's working on a tarot deck that i want to get one day and um so what can you tell us a bit about some of this imagery or what kind of story is this art the album cover sharing i think she's based in vienna as i understand it and we've, and we've communicated a little bit here but it's actually my friend in the band drummer nick luchak who recommended like to, to use to, to use maria and uh thank thank god he did i mean nick has done all of our graphic design to date and it's been it's been amazing but he he, he wanted to do something with a different feel and i feel that it's dark right you look at it and it is it's menacing it has this her art in general i really like that kind of stuff i grew up with like nizdoskis in the house that are all kind of creepy looking and you know black and white woodcut style i really like that sort of thing um there's a sense of what is happening so in the picture if you if, if you're listening and you can see it or you will will see it i mean there are this group of lovely maidens and they're they're dancing and all all seems well and good and then when you look more carefully you see a few of them sort of have horns and one of them actually is a bird <laughs> that's meant to be the nightingale the soul of the soul of Eko, you know so it's it's supposed to be a bit of a disconcerting image so i think sort of evoking this these old ways this the old way of doing things the the either were the pre-christian times or or whatever in the, in the midst of time things that have been lost and then you know when you sing folk songs, you're singing about things that sometimes don't sound real. And just, it's like oral history though. There's always that part of me that wonders, well, maybe it did happen that way, or maybe it was real, you know? And so we've got, so just some, some night and day imagery here. I think there's, there's, it's meant to be lightness and dark. And so it's black and white, sun and a moon, you know, seemingly innocent image. The closer you look, there's, there's something menacing going on behind it. And maybe that is sort of, uh, it tells I think it I think it tells you a lot about the band and I think it really suits the the music on on the EP. I mean it's only 12 minutes long, but I think it's a pretty intense 12 minutes and it suits the uh, suits the album cover for sure. And Maria did an amazing job and I would plug her to to anyone. She's an amazing artist. Mm-hmm. 
Is there anything else you'd like to share about the album, about what's next for the band, what's next for you? Well, the album, the EP, I mean, I think when people listen to it, <laughs> they, I think I think they're going to like it. It's fast. It's fun. It's aggressive. It's, our, I think, some of our, I think it's probably our best stuff that we've, that we've put out there in terms of quality. Collector Studio, we've been working with them since 2016. They always do an amazing job. Will, Will and Arthur recording us. Uh, I think it just sounds great. I mean, I'm saying that I've listened to, and that's the thing. I know what's in the hot dog. I've listened to it about a thousand times. So even, but I'm not sick of it yet, which is which is a good sign. When you listen to music, your own songs so many times in the mixing process, you sometimes don't want to listen to them anymore. But I'm still having fun listening to it. It, I just want people to like it, and if they don't like it, that's okay too. But I hope it, hopefully, it makes people think of some some creepiness that that was happening a long time ago. I think that's the the intent for the band we've got yeah we've got the festival show we've got three amazing new new members i mean that is exciting for us there's seven of us now we're we're multicultural but we're still doing our thing and we're um we're really excited that we can still keep going as a band with seven people and i think this may be the final phase of zrada we'll see i mean i don't know how much longer this will happen for but no one's put an end date on anything but we're really excited the, the thing that I'm really excited for now is actually writing new music with these new members. So there's Joel, there's Marco, there's Danielle, and like they are such amazing musicians that I can't wait to... We have been working, but we've been a lot now rehearsing for the, the show at the fest festival. So really looking for that to be over and like, let's just write some some cool music. I think that's that's next for us. And there might be some festivals in the summer, too early to say at this point, but uh, writing cool new music, that's our goal. We're ready for more cool music. <laughs> uh, well, we'll wrap up there so people can get right listening to your latest EP. Uh, we'll include all the links to everything Zrada related in our show notes. And um, thank you so much for joining us. This was such a great chat. Just so nice to connect about, you know, culture and folklore and how we're we're all doing it in some way, but in our own way. And that's always uh, it's always inspiring to hear. Yeah how other Ukrainians are doing it. Well, likewise, yeah, we can't we can't all do everything, but we've all got to hopefully do a little bit of something to keep it going. Just live on.